Back up top, shot through traffic, save made, follow-up try, that one hits a body in front, and a score! It's a score! It's a score! And the Ice Bears have a 4-3 lead with 30 seconds remaining in the hockey game! Oh, what a hit! Welcome to the SPHL in Knoxville! Comes in on the right side, through the right circle, taking it and fed across, they score! Welcome to the Ice Bears podcast, the official podcast of the Knoxville Ice Bears. I'm Joel Silverberg. Appreciate you being with me here on this week's edition. Again, it's brought to you by Field Pass Hockey. They have the largest team of credentialed writers and photographers in minor league hockey. They cover the SPHL, the ECHL, the AHL. So whether you want to know about the Knoxville Ice Bears, the Allen Americans, any minor league hockey team, they have you covered at fieldpasshockey.com. And, of course, you can take advantage of the Field Pass Hockey mobile app available on the App Store and on Google Play. So download the Field Pass Hockey app. You can listen to audio broadcasts of live games. They've got different minor league teams throughout the country on their app available for you to enjoy. And, of course, they've got their team theme podcast that they help endorse, just like this one, the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. Appreciate you being with me here as we get ready for a really hectic month of hockey. The Ice Bears only had four games in the month of October. They've got 10 in the month of November, including three with this upcoming week against the Fayetteville Marksmen. More on Knoxville's upcoming schedule here in just a moment. But to recap the weekend, Knoxville had Wiener Dog Race Night on Saturday, October 30th, and then had Trunk or Treat on Sunday, October 31st. So hope everybody had a happy Halloween and got lots of candy. But Everything started with a pretty big win over Roanoke on Saturday night. Roanoke was coming off a wild finish in their game against Birmingham, ended up scoring the game-tying goal to tie the game at six with three seconds left to go in the game. Roanoke ultimately fell in the shootout, so a 7-6 win for the Bulls over the Roanoke Rail Yard Dogs. So Roanoke was still looking for its first win. They came in, and they did not look tired after being on the road in Birmingham then having to come to Knoxville the following night. They looked ready to go. Knoxville on extended rest. And Roanoke came out really strong. Logan Fredericks and Nick Ford both came out with quick goals in the first three minutes of the game. So Knoxville found itself down an early 2-0 hole. Knoxville had an opportunity to cut the deficit in half after uh, in the first period, Stefan Brucato hit the crossbar off a shot from the slot that was deflected by Austin Rodebush. And then in the second period, Brucato got a penalty shot when he was hooked on a breakaway and he hit that penalty shot right off the left post. So uh, kind of unfortunate there for Brew, but he came back in the third period with two big goals, including one on the power play with about five minutes left to go in the third period to force the game into overtime, and Alex Palmerville scored on a nice two-on-one. He hit the one-timer with Carter Colthorpe feeding him across from the right circle, which was a great play by Carter. He steals the puck in the Knoxville zone, carries it up on the two-on-one, gets in transition. Palmerville does a great job at following up, and Colthorpe just makes an unbelievable pass to set up Palmer with a really nice shot. So Palmerville with his first career SPHL goal, that gave Knoxville the 3-2 to two overtime win. On Sunday, a little bit of a different story. Huntsville scored late in the first, and then midway through the third, Jacob Barber with two goals. He now leads the SPHL with six on the year. Uh, Bauer Nordecker with a pair of assists as well, and Huntsville ended up with a 2-0 win 
against the Ice Bears. Knoxville hit a couple of posts in that game, including two by Andrew Ballon. He hit one post in the second and then the opposite post in the third. So just some bad luck with Knoxville on the weekend and, and the power play didn't go in Knoxville's favor, unable to take advantage of uh, some some big time opportunities, and including a kneeing major against Sam Williams, which led to him being ejected from the game. Knoxville couldn't take advantage of that power play opportunity. Knoxville's penalty kill has looked really good through four games. The Ice Bears still haven't given up a power play goal, but and despite the power play percentage, I think at times Jeff Carr has expressed some frustration about Knoxville's man advantage unit. So the Ice Bears unable to take advantage of the power play opportunities that they had on Sunday. They fall two to nothing to the Huntsville Havoc for their first loss of the year. So Knoxville now three and one on the season. Huntsville improves to four and zero, and that's where things sit. As we move into the month of November, so updating the league standings, Huntsville is now 5-0, and Evansville 5-1, and they're off to a really good start, they've won three straight, Quad City, after taking a regulation loss to open the season, they're 4-0-1 in their last five games, so the Storm off to a really solid start, Fayetteville's undefeated, that's Knoxville's next opponent for their next three games, they're 4-0 to start the year, Knoxville's in fifth place in the standings with a 3-1 and record, Pensacola 2-2-1, for five points, Birmingham one, two, and three. So Birmingham just one win, but sitting with five points right now and in seventh place, Peoria is two and one. Again, Peoria has only played three games because it had its first two games of the season postponed when Vermilion County was unable to uh, host the Rivermen due to unplayable ice conditions. Roanoke is o two o two and two. Uh, a loss in a shootout, loss in overtime. So they've got two points. Macon is 0-4-1. Vermilion County is 0-4 after suffering a 5-2 loss to Quad City on Saturday and then losing to the Storm again 4-1 on Sunday. So for Knoxville, still sitting pretty, I, I think, overall. And, and again, you've got a bunch of teams that have played five or six games, so they've had more opportunities to get more points at this point in time. And you've got a Fayetteville team upcoming, which I think has looked really sharp. Uh, only five goals given up in four games. They're getting solid goaltending from Jason Pulaski, a, a former Knoxville goaltender who's been putting up some big numbers in the early goings in his stint with Fayetteville right now. And for Fayetteville, I'm sure they're happy to have hockey back after not having a season last year with everything that went down with the COVID-19 pandemic. Fayetteville was unfortunately one of the five teams that was unable to play, but Jason Pulaski, a big reason for Fayetteville's success. He's 3-0 on the season. He's given up two goals in three games and has looked really sharp for the marksmen here in the early stages of this season. So Knoxville will have to go on the road and figure some things out offensively. And I think Jeff Carr would be the first person to tell you that. Knoxville has not scored more than three goals in a single game this season. Knoxville has not scored more than one goal in the first two periods of any game this year. So for the Ice Bears, wanting to start to generate some offense, and, and it might just be about bounces, and I think Stefan Brucato talked about that. If you heard the pregame interview that I had with him before Sunday's game, he acknowledged, yeah, Saturday night we were frustrated. The, the bounces just weren't going our way, but we thought we were getting good looks. And Knoxville had a lot of shots on goal in its first two games of the season. Not so much the case in the last two games against Roanoke and Huntsville, but it's still been throwing a lot of pucks at the opposing team's net. You've had defenses that have been playing much more active in the slot area against Knoxville. So kudos to Roanoke and Huntsville did a good job on the scouting report for what they needed to do defensively. And so you saw a lot of block shots on Saturday and Sunday. You saw a lot of active sticks cutting off passes from 
the perimeter, trying to get to the inside. And so for the Ice Bears, I, I think it's going to be about, all right, how do we adjust to this? How do we kind of navigate our way to be able to start getting more shots on net? Because Knoxville had their chances in the third period of Sunday's loss to Huntsville, but Max Milosic, a really solid goaltender, they're solid defensively with veteran guys on that end of the ice, especially Nolan Kaiser, who's been there for a long time. And you got unlucky with a couple of pucks hitting the net, a couple of unfortunate bounces, had some loose pucks by the crease that Huntsville was able to clear away. And so I think if Knoxville continues to persist on the attack, you're going to see those opportunities start to come to fruition. You're going to see Knoxville start to put pucks in the net again. And I think Brucato's performance in the third period against Roanoke was really encouraging because you know that the potential is there that if somebody needs to take over the game, then there's that opportunity and that potential for that to happen. And Brucato talked about it in the pregame interview. He said, yeah, the, the second goal, I took it up the ice. They they gave me the lane. I, I took it, sent it on net, and then followed it through, always looking for rebounds. And the opportunity was there, and I was able to get it on net. So Knoxville's going to keep trying to just fight for pucks and, and look for those quote-unquote garbage goals that I think Knoxville did such a great job at utilizing last season, which is a big reason why they were one of the higher scoring teams in the SPHL and why they finished second in the league in the regular season. And so that's going to continue to be a part of the game plan. Knoxville's got some bigger forwards this season. They've got guys that they can put in front of the net. You've seen Brucato already score on a redirect this season. And, and I think you've had some really solid goaltending from Jimmy Parita. And while the, the offense hasn't always been there, and I think Carr would like to see some faster starts and some goals in the first period, it's also been really encouraging to see what Parita has been able to do through four games. He hasn't given up more than two goals in a single game this season. He's three and one on the year. And after giving up two big goals early against Roanoke, he was solid the rest of the way and made some big saves in the Huntsville game to at least keep Knoxville within striking distance and has made some big breakaway saves as well. So I think Parita has been really excellent in his first four games in an Ice Bears uniform. And I think there are things that you can see the potential starting to come together for Knoxville on the offensive end. But Knoxville has a really big schedule upcoming this month in November. Three games against Fayetteville. They're at home on Friday. That's touch a truck night. So you can get your tickets at KnoxvilleIceBears.com. Saturday and Sunday, the Ice Bears will be on the road in Fayetteville. So the Ice Bears will head out to Crown Coliseum. They'll face Fayetteville at 6 o'clock on Saturday, 3 o'clock Sunday afternoon. You can watch all of the away games for the away game viewing parties at Union Place Bar and Grill on Chambliss Avenue. Then next Wednesday, November 10th, the Ice Bears go down to Huntsville for the first time. The Ice Bears head to Evansville, which is off to a great start this season, on Friday, November 12th. So you're talking about your next five games being against top half teams in the league standings, all those teams that are off to great starts. And then you go to Georgia after traveling twice in three days. You then have to go down to Macon to take on the mayhem. You have a home and home with Vermilion County. So the Ice Bears will be home on November 19th for all Vol night. And then on the road on November 20th for a game at David S. Palmer Arena. And then the day before and the day after Thanksgiving, the Ice Bears are at home for both of those nights for home games against the Birmingham Bulls. So 10 games in the month of November and some really good teams. You, you've got those games against you've got those games against Fayetteville. You have to go to Huntsville. You have to go to Evansville. So some tough competition upcoming in these first couple of weeks. And even at the end of the month with Birmingham, yeah, they've got one win on the season in six games. They have shown that they are not an easy out. And that was the case when Knoxville went down to the Pelham Civic Complex as well 
earlier in October. So the Ice Bears 3-1 and on the season after winning in overtime against Roanoke and falling to Huntsville 2-0 on Sunday afternoon. We'll have all the coverage for you for every Ice Bears game this season, and we appreciate you listening to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. Again, brought to you by Field Pass Hockey. More credentialed riders and photographers than any other website when it comes to minor league hockey. They have you covered, whether it's the SPHL, the ECHL, the AHL. They have all the coverage for you, whether it's the Knoxville Ice Bears, whether it's former Ice Bears players that are now up in the ECHL. There's a handful of players that are in the AHL. If you're wanting to follow your favorite players, your favorite teams, wherever you are, fieldpasshockey.com is the website for you. And be sure to download the Field Pass Hockey app so you can listen to Ice Bears Hockey wherever you are and also take advantage of all the information that they pour into that app. Download it on the App Store or on Google Play. More coming up on the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey. Welcome back to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey. Remember to download the Field Pass Hockey app on the App Store and on Google Play. I'm here with Ice Bears defenseman Alex Palmerville and Alex, you guys were able to, to split the weekend, and, and seems like a lot of posts on, on both games, really, but how frustrating was it to kind of see a lot of pucks hitting iron on Saturday and Sunday? Uh, I mean, it definitely hurts a little, but uh, at, at the end of the day, it's still shots on net. Like, we got to keep getting the puck to the net. Um, eventually, the bounces are going to start going our way, and they'll go posting in as opposed to posting out. Did you feel like overall the execution of how you were setting up the offense in the offensive zone was working the way you wanted it to? Uh, yeah, we're definitely getting better. We're starting to build some chemistry, figuring out uh, what we want to do in the offensive zone. Still got to get more uh, pucks to the net, though, get more bodies to the net, just cause cause chaos in front of their net so that uh, so that some of those bounces start going our way, you know, off people's feet or whatever. Some of those dirty goals that are going to help us, you know, win games in the long run. You had a big goal on Saturday night's game, Wiener Dog Race Night, a, r- a really fantastic crowd, and you get the overtime game winner. Just take us through that play. Carter fed you a great pass, but what happened from your point of view? Uh, three on three overtime is, uh, you know, it's it's a fun game. It's very exciting. There's always chances going back and forth both ways, and I just tried to uh, tried to read the play, and you know, we got a quick turnover in our zone, and we tried to pounce back the other way. Uh, yeah, Carter took it and went all the way down and I just tried to join make maybe uh, make some offense and Carter made a great pass I just put it in the empty net had you ever scored an overtime game winner before uh yeah actually I have once uh playing with coach Carr back in juniors in uh double overtime I how, scored for him how long ago was that that would have been uh I think nine years ago <laughs> yeah. so how good did this feel to be able to be able to get one here in your, in your pro career oh it was incredible uh really getting the weight off my back you know early in the season hopefully we can build on that and keep the momentum going now I know Sunday's game wasn't the result you all were looking for but you've won two games now in the first four games of the season where you've been trailing in the third period you've come back found a way to tie those games and win in overtime what does that say about the character of this team uh, we obviously have a great character on the team you know no quit but um, we're looking to uh, get a better start to games we're, uh, we're finding ourselves falling behind early here we need to maybe mentally prepare or something. I don't know, we're going to keep working on it, but if we can get a better start to games and then continue that late game push, you know, we won't have to be going into overtime every weekend. We'll be up three or four goals in the third, and then we can kind of just shut teams down. What have those conversations been like with Coach Carr when he's addressing trying to generate more offense earlier in the game? Coach Carr is, um, he's talking a lot with us about just getting pucks in that, and uh, 
having our D join the rush too, especially in a small rink like this. Um, you know, could, should be putting up 30, 40 shots a night every night, and having our D join that fourth fourth guy coming in, it just makes more for them to have to cover in uh, in their zone, cause a little chaos, and you know, hopefully there'll be someone open and maybe uh, make them pay for it. What is that balancing act like? Because if you're trying to join in on the rush, how careful do you have to be to make sure not to get caught on the other end and giving up the odd man rush the other way? You know, it's a, it's a give and take. Uh, obviously, sometimes, you know, there's going to be a bad bounce off of a stick or a foot or something. It's going to go two on one the other way, but you kind of just have to balance that out. You know, luckily, um, we have Jimmy back there. He's always willing to help us out, make a couple saves, and uh, hopefully we just get the more bounces for us than against us and we get more goals. How impressive has Jimmy been? He's had a couple of breakaway saves. He's had some big moments for you guys that's kept you in some of these games that you've rallied in the third period. He's been off to a really solid start this season. Oh, yeah. Jimmy's been uh, Jimmy's been real hot so far. He's just very calm back there, and it uh, it just waves over the whole team. You can tell the team, you know, they just trust him back there. We're not ever concerned about it. He's just he's really got a very calming demeanor in the net. Moving up for this weekend, you guys have three games in three days against Fayetteville. What, what's the preparation like when you're getting ready to see a team over the course of an entire weekend? It's going to be a little different. It'll be our first three and three, so uh, really trying to prepare the body for it too because that, uh, that starts to grind, especially by Sunday. But um, Fayetteville's a team we haven't seen before, so we're just going to kind of go in and try and play our own game rather than game plan around them, make them game plan around us. All right, Alex, appreciate the time. Thank you so much, and best of luck this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Again, Alex Palmerville, Ice Bears defenseman. We'll be back with more coming up on the Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey. Welcome back to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey. Remember, Field Pass Hockey has the highest rated team of credentialed writers and photographers in minor league hockey. Check out their website, fieldpasshockey.com, and the Field Pass Hockey mobile app on the App Store and on Google Play. Joined now by Ice Bears head coach, Jeff Carr. Coach, your team got the split this past weekend, a big win on Saturday night, and, and then a, a tough loss against a really good Huntsville team on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, just going back the, the, to the Sunday game, we liked our game plan. I thought we were simple. There wasn't really a lot of generation of chances except for our five-minute major power play, which I, I liked um, facets of it and a couple shifts, but we had, I think, five shifts within that five minutes. Um, two of them we just kind of threw away. We couldn't really get set up as well. And I just think that we were we were setting up too much on the half walls, looking at the point and looking back. We weren't driving in and attacking with authority and just trying to crash and bang. It was a little too late on that. Credit to their goalie. He stood on his head, got the shutout. Um, but like I said, three posts with a difference in that game. And then going back to our Saturday night game against Roanoke, we were, we were on our heels in the first period. It was a bad game plan by me. Um, and our staff and then eventually you know we kind of changed where instead of sitting on our heels we played on our toes and took bodies and to the pucks to the net and you know earned some power play time and obviously Stefan Bricado was a huge catalyst in getting those goals and almost had a hat trick with the penalty shot as well and got the uh, the D jumping up in the play which was our second time we've won now in overtime that you know caused an overtime or won in overtime by a D jumping up so it's good. Overall, how would you rate the? How would you grade the performance of your power play through four games? Uh, average, okay. I think that we've had pockets where we're really good, and we've had some quality chances. Um, but I think overall, we're still surveying too much. And I think, guys, this happens all the time every year. I've talked to a couple of coaches in the ECHL and the American League the last few weeks, and. 
I asked them, hey, how do you like your power play? It's the same exact answer. Their, their answer is more, I hate it. Um, I despise it. It's disgusting. Um, and it's more along the lines of just kind of the, um, you know, w what the chances are. As coaches, we just want chances with um, rebounds, guys screening goalies, and making it simple. Um, and I think guys just want to move the puck around and, and set up plays. And it's just, it's too hard on goalies when you just throw uh, pucks on rebounds. So we'll, we'll have to try to do that moving forward here. You know, the posts were obviously frustrating. It always feels frustrating whenever you have a, a game where you're not scoring, but you've been in every game largely because of the play of your goaltending. Jimmy Parita's off to a really solid start this year through four games. Yeah, I mean, in four games, if you were to ask me if we were going to not give up more than two goals in a game, I'd take that all day, and that's part of the reason why we're three and one. Um, equally, you know what we were just discussing with our, the team, the, the goal production, I know we're getting the chances and we're working hard clearly with the fights and sticking up for teammates and blocking shots, but we're not playing with enough risk early in games. Um, we're playing too much under the puck. We don't have any stress. If, if you can cause stress on an opposing decor in the first couple minutes, it puts them on their heels. That's what Roanoke did to us. Um, so that'll be our game plan going into uh, this weekend. How do you prepare for a, a weekend like Fayetteville when you're going to be here on Friday, on the road Saturday, Sunday, but you're seeing the same team in three consecutive days? Yeah, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, you're going to changes and tweaks will happen throughout, but it's all about the first five minutes of Friday night to set the tone for what the weekend's going to look like and then how you finish and come out with periods. Because if, if we can have six great starts and stoppages of every period, then we're going to be in that boat where no matter what the outcome is, you go on the road on Saturday, the team knows they have to, you know, basically deal with the team for 60 minutes and matchups and face-off sets and everything matters. And it puts a lot of mental stress on, on centermen, defensemen, and goalies and coaching staffs when you play three and three forwards or forwards. They, they know their job. It's simple. Um, be outlets, transition quick, hit the net you know, get rebound goals, have good line changes. D, there's so much more with matchups and you go from a small ice to a big ice and all those types of things. So uh, everything's for us is about the stoppages in the first five minutes. You said on Saturday or on Sunday during the game, right after the first period against Huntsville, you loved your team's physicality. We've seen at least one fight in every game so far this year, had a, a handful of them on Sunday against the Havoc. What has been the makeup of this team that's enabled it to be so physical this season? Recruiting in the summer. We, when we recruit guys, we recruit guys that we think are going to be good ice bears and um, the, just kind of epitomize what what we want to get accomplished by not getting pushed around and size won't matter in fights you got to remember the two biggest guys or three biggest guys in our team haven't fought yet this year so um, I think it's time that they're going to obviously step in I'm willing to have them take a penalty or two to just kind of send a message to the league of what we're going to continue to do the same thing with Josh Thrower and Hefley last year and um, kind of be those that team that you're just not going to come in and push around and blow guys' legs out like that almost happened to us yesterday with Fletcher on Sunday and um, a couple other cheap things that are going to continue to happen. Um, it's hockey, I get that, but uh, we want to be a team that, you know, we don't want those things to happen because injuries are so key here and we need everyone healthy. Was there anything in particular that happened early on Sunday's game that kind of led to, to the 
tense, the tension that kind of filled the rink. It, it seemed like it was chippy all afternoon against Huntsville. Yeah, I mean, it was two undefeated teams, and we, you already know the rivalry down the road with them, so I think it was just that, and I think both teams wanted to get out on a Sunday and end in a high note, and obviously it came down to goaltending and, um, you know, those three posts. So, we, like I said, we, we liked a lot of things we did in that game, but we do need to shore up the power play. We need to start executing on that. Um, and we need a defenseman to join up in the rush because clearly when they've joined in the rush, we've scored two goals. Um, we've got to continue to do that. What's the biggest adjustment you're wanting to make between now and Friday night? I think just overall by position, just demanding guys to be better individually so then collectively when we drop the puck, our team immensely gets better. We, we did that in week one to two and two to three. I thought we were stagnant going into last week. Um, again, part of that was with the game plan. So getting back to simplicity, but this is now we're, we're talking about a month in. And if you ask yourself whether you're a rookie or a vet or whatever you are, where am I at now compared to where I was a month ago? If you haven't improved in 15 or 20 areas, then you're probably going through the motion. So it's on these guys to realize what's kind of their role. They can always expand their role, but doing it to the best of their abilities. And in the last 48 hours, there's been a little bit of shuffling with the roster. If you would update everybody on the transaction news from the last two days. Yeah, well, Andrew McLean um, has been called up to Orlando. So he's he's playing in Norfolk against Orlando here, I think, uh, Thursday and Friday. So we lost a defenseman in return. We got Sam Turner. He's coming in from Binghamton in the Federal League. He had a really good weekend, according to his coaching staff up there. So he can kind of you know, maybe bleed out and blend into some fifth and sixth roll D minutes. Um, he's, he's 5'10", 190, so he's got a little bit of thickness to him. I think he'll be able to handle that, but he controls the game uh, a little bit more with the puck, which we need right now going into the game plan. And then Mike Mercurio is placed on waivers. He'll, he'll either be picked up on waivers or head back to Watertown in the Federal League um, and, and go work with Brent Clark up there. And, uh, you know, we brought in Rasmus Wax and Engbach, who we were thrilled to get. We weren't sure if we could with the, the travel ban that we spoke on before the season. And he's here. He'll play third-line center, and, and we just expect he's going to do a lot of damage here once he gets acclimated to the North American League game again. Yeah, you had initially signed him to a PTO during the summer when you and I spoke about him. He, you described him as the classic power forward. Yeah, he is. It's He has... The ability to be like, you know, Brew, where he can have a lot of poise and patience and set up guys. But ultimately, you know, if I were to ask fans what they remembered of, you know, Stefan Bricado after the first three weeks, they would say hardworking, 200 foot, drive the net, dive on his stomach, block shots, hit guys, right? And that, that's what a power forward does. So I think Rass is going to want to play with the puck a little bit. And it's going to be my job to continue to remind him on Friday, chip, chase, hit skill will come from those opportunities when we go on the road it'll be the opposite it'll be angling it'll be a good stick play it'll be smarts it'll be shoulder checks create a little more time and space and i think he'll be good all right jeff appreciate the time as always we'll talk to you again on friday all right thanks again jeff carr ice bears head coach this has been the knoxville ice bears podcast presented by field pass hockey check out fieldpasshockey.com and the field pass hockey mobile app to see all coverage of the SPHL, the ECHL, and the AHL. Appreciate Alex Palmerville and Jeff Carr for joining me on this week's edition. Ice Bears play on Friday at home against Fayetteville and then head to North Carolina to cap out a three-game weekend on Saturday and Sunday. We'll be back next week for next week's edition of the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey.